On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Beautiful. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast, and we are still going on with our having some wonderful guys on the show to talk about their their views on masculine energy. And today we have Devin Bailey with Shaping Reality. Um, and so we're connected through a couple of different channels, um, which seems to be the uh, flavor of the month lately because we're all at home and connecting a lot more, which is nice. Um, so, so welcome to the show. Thank uh, you. Thank you I very much on. appreciate you having me. So let's just dig in. So tell us a bit about, I know you've got, um, so a lot of the, a lot of the topic we, we talk about here is, uh, around Tony Robbins. Um, I'm a big Tony Robbins. I wouldn't say fan, but I follow his philosophies. I do a lot of events. Um, I'm sending a thousand women to UPW. That's part of my mission. Uh, hopefully in the next little while when things open back up, but so tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you got to this point, and then we'll dig into some questions. I would love to. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. So you know how achieving everything you want in life is just overwhelming and confusing, and it leaves most people feeling tired and inadequate. Well, basically I teach the knowledge and practices of how you actually thrive so that you can then create the life you want. So it's my fundamental belief, having broken through what I call toxic thinking and, and being programmed wrong and letting, letting society program me, it's my fundamental belief that everyone should have the opportunity to live the life they want to. They, sh they should have the opportunity to live a full life. And I don't think we're given the tools necessary to do it, right? There is no version of the future where everyone's a bliss bunny Right. And there's no problems and everyone hugs and high fives and there's no upset. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting is that people who are ready for the conversation can be given the knowledge and the day to day practices to help them stay in those higher energy states, to help them stay in their heart versus their head, to help them live their life from their higher self rather than their false self. And that is really at the root of everything that that I teach and write about and, and talk about. So that's what shaping reality is as a brand is all about. It's about helping people to shape their life mm. the way they want it. So how did you end up here? So growing up in this modern world, specifically in the corporate world, I, uh, that thrives on performance, pressure, and dare I say, perfection, I, I developed a couple of, of unhelpful traits. Uh, one was an insatiable desire to please. Uh, and the other was an overactive conscience. And truthfully, those served me incredibly well when I entered the corporate world, where I was for about 13 years, um, because it made me outstanding at my job. I was the dude that nothing was too much trouble for. I was always you know, doing everything I could to exceed even the most unreasonable expectations. And that worked wonders until about six years ago when I, I had a, a nervous breakdown. And I don't like that term, to be honest. I haven't been able to come up with a better term. But just to be clear, I was, we're not talking about a kid who's, you know, upset the first time he goes on summer camp because he misses his mom. I'm talking about a full-blown meltdown. I, it, it, it was a, a psychotic break. I, I let go of the wheel completely. And I was, I was like a vegetable for a day. So it, it was, let's say, a turning point in my life. Yeah. Um, and it, it was what I needed. It was arguably one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it just basically, I think, gave, empowered me or, or woke me up to realize that I needed to make changes. Um, I, I needed to think differently. I needed to ask better questions. I needed to seek guidance from people who had the results I wanted. Um, it was no longer... It needed to no longer be about how much money I made, what car I drove, the last time I got a promotion at work. And I needed to rethink what life was all about. And, and it sparked this just wild and wonderful journey of, of personal development and self-improvement. And uh, yeah, six years later, it's, it's, it, I'm just not the same person. I mean, it's, mm. it's, just, it's, just, it's just remarkable um, when, when you actually start to open yourself up to new ways of thinking and new ways of being, what, what can happen? And I, I've transformed every area of my life. Um, published my first book, I now do live events, workshops for, for, for people in, in big corporations and, and do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Because as an opportunity to 
to share what I've learned, but also to, to compound my own knowledge. Right. I think it's something that I'm noticing with the gentlemen that come on, um, because you're not the first who's had this break, who's all of a sudden it's uh, shit is hitting the fan. Uh, we, we swear on this podcast, so feel free if it, if it moves you to say the, any kind of words you want. Almost certainly will. Yep. (laughs) Permission granted. But it's interesting because the women that we, that I talked to are are similar. They come from um, like more of an abusive childhood where there Mm -hmm. was, you know, maybe alcoholism or physical abuse or that sort of thing. The men come from, you know, a few different places, but it's generally they're doing what they thought they were supposed to do. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, holy shit, this is not what's making me happy. And then they have the moment and then they turn and this is what, and it'll happen. I've, I had a guy yesterday um, on the show and he's 26 and that was young. It's young for him to have figured mm-hmm. at 19, he said he was coaching. Um, and then you've got people that are much older than that. Who's it, but it's the same, it, it's looking like it's the same pattern of the men have been conditioned by their fathers generally, or sometimes mom, but to, to do it in this order and they do it and they get the money, they get the cars, they get all the shit they think is important. And then they flip out and yeah. come back to themselves. And wouldn't it be nice to help men avoid all of that? And some of it you need it, but you don't need it all. Yeah. Like I, I, if I was looking back at the stuff I went through, definitely helps me. It's, it's made me into the person who wants to have this giant impact on the world. However, I could probably edit 10 out of the 20 things for a person yeah. to help expedite it. Um, so it's really, it's interesting. Uh, I love the way you describe that because I, I 100% agree and I align with that. I, in my head, often when I think about my perfect client, my dream client, and I, I want to explore this with you a bit on, on in this conversation, because for some reason I attract middle-aged entrepreneurial women and, and we'll get to that, yeah. that place to that place to the feminine energy that I want to talk about. But I, I, I often say, I want to catch me six years and a month ago or whatever the you know the latest timing is to to avoid the break and i i stand by that statement however for me i wouldn't change any of it um right but i I would maybe i'd make a few edits as you described it certainly some of the things that the stupid shit i've done and decisions (laughs) i've made that would just you know what's wonderful though is I can sit back now and smile about it. It's it's not right. like I regret something or I feel guilty or I wish I'd done it a different way. I just smile and say, "Bless you, Devin. You didn't know you didn't know any different back then." And 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 there's power in that, being able to acknowledge and honor who you are and learn from it and move forward. Yeah, and I think it's important because it sort of feels like there's a handful of us that have to go through the go through it the hard way in order yeah. to teach everybody else, maybe you don't have to go through it as, you know, as hard as we did. Um, because, and it's interesting, like through my work with Tony and, and Byron Katie and like all of them, all the teachers that we, we know of this last year, I've come to actually almost not able to recall the bad stuff. Like I was, you know, you come out of anger for me, for my childhood, I'd come out of anger, probably in my early twenties, mid twenties, my mom got sick. She passed a lot of that healed a lot of the anger. So I was grateful for it. But this last year I've become, I've come to where I almost can't remember it now. So it's really cleared out. Wow. Yeah. And and it, I sat back and I thought, holy, like if you, if I would be hard pressed to think of anything bad now, like it's almost gone. And that's a, that's, so I'm happy to have gone through it because I couldn't teach women. And a lot of it, truthfully, Devin, is the fact that I came into my feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that. Yeah. Like I left my penis. I always say I left my penis in West Palm beach when, when I did date with destiny (laughs) and I could tell you the moment, have you been to date with destiny? I have. Yeah. So when the girls are dancing, that is the moment where it was like, uh, uh, gone. Yeah. Like viscerally, I could feel myself shift and I haven't shifted back. I do shift back occasionally, but it's like now I can't even see the past as bad. I just see it as thank you and beautiful. And I can't even remember a lot of the bad things that have happened. So um, I think we've had to go through it like that. Dude, that's, that, that's epic. And, and I know, so that ties in with something I've been experiencing recently, which is this wonderful feeling of centeredness and, and strength of putting distance between yourself and a situation 
And and there's huge power in that. I, I call it sitting back in your seat of consciousness, mm. you know, seeing it play out in front of you. And it's not good. It's not bad. It's not happy. It's not sad. It just is what it is. And I'm not trying to be weird and woo-woo, but uh, fundamentally, we are not our experiences. We are not our right. behaviors. We are not our actions. We are this consciousness that lives in this bodysuit. And life is like a movie playing out in front of us. And when, and when you put distance between you and, and what's happening on screen, I think it gives you enormous power to choose how you're going to show up. Yep. When you're buried in it and you are the stress and you are the problem and I can't believe she said this and why is he not doing that? You, you're, you're completely trapped in this emotional prison. You, you, you can't act with integrity and from your higher self when you are the problem. Right. <laughs> you, you need to see yourself separately from it. And, I'm, and maybe, I, I mean, I, I make this up, but maybe you, you're having a similar experience and then that energy has been able to come through you and, and out mm -hmm. of your heart and it's no longer, it no longer has a grip on you. Right. It, and that do, and it, that does resonate. And I think uh, Sage at, at the Date with Destiny I went to, she said, it, it's like a cloud. Like you don't judge a cloud and you don't. <laughs> like you just watch it float by. And it's like, yeah. well, if you can yeah. do that with your thoughts, just yeah. watch it float by. And, and, and listen, this, you and I are years into this. It's a practice. And I still find myself attaching. I attach especially to relationship stuff. Like I won't attach to things out the outside world will say or do. I might give it 90 seconds, you know, and then I'm moving on. But I still do attach to, and I'm starting to come out of that even, where I'm, I'm conscious of why are you attaching meaning to everything that's being said right now? But it's a practice and you have to really want it to learn how not to do it anymore. And I think that's the, the trick. Yeah, I, I hear you. I've had people say to me before, okay, so how did you how did you do that in that moment? Like, how were you able to just catch it immediately? And I think the answer is it, it's like building mental muscle. Yeah. Right? You know, it, I, I, I kind of hate saying that to people, but it, so it, this has been six years in the making and I am relentless with my daily practices, including meditation, exercise, diet, whatever. And it's starting to really pay dividends. Right. And I, and, and I don't think you can switch it on overnight. No, um, I think you make a huge advancement. Maybe like half the battle is just someone telling you these things and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Like when someone first told me, oh, you know, that shitty voice in your head. Yeah, that's not you. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I don't have to listen to him because he's a dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, there's moments like that where you you launch forward but it, at the end of the day it comes down to i think that just doing it over and over and over and over and over again yeah and and eventually you you build that muscle as you were saying that i felt a little anxiety about oh shit i don't have to listen to that voice and this is crazy that it's and i love this is what i love about these conversations cuz stuff will come up all the time yeah but it sort of feels like when you decide to stop listening to the voice it I've, I used to smoke. I quit like, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago. Good for you. It kind of feels like quitting smoking. It's an addiction to listen to her, yeah. my ego, right? And all of a sudden, you just, you just brought it back to me. And I mean, like I, I work with a coach. I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I'm consuming this daily, just like you. I have, I'm diligent about my practices, all that. But yeah. still, she's sitting in there and that's, that's ego. But as soon as you said that, I had this moment of, well, if she's totally dead, who am I? And I can't imagine like a, a woman new to it, right? Like some, because I have yeah. a lot of friends who've never come to an event, who've never even really read the books or any of that sort of thing. And I can see that ego is driving them. But when you say that, even to me, somebody who's fully aware, I get this little sense of, oh, holy shit, now what? But that's it. It's like taking the elevator. I always say taking the elevator from here to your heart because your heart knows the answer. Your heart would never listen yeah. to the bullshit, yeah. you know? Can we explore that a little bit? Because I, I, have, I have a perspective on that I want to share. Yeah. So my guy's, my, and he's a kid, bless him. He's, 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 I call him the whiny brat. Um, he's not dead and, and I love him. Okay. And I'm, great, I'm grateful for him. He's really fucking good at his job. <laughs> Right. Based on the amount he yells and screams and whines and cries about stuff, he's really good at his job. I, I don't want to get rid of him. Um, I, so it's not that I completely ignore him. It, it's that I choose when I do and don't listen. 
right. call it dis I call it dissociation. I, I have to be careful using that word because I believe that is actually in in psych psychological circles that is actually a condition dissociative disorder. Yes. But I, I like dis disassociating from from the thoughts and 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 I actually went through stages which no one told me was going to happen, but it was fascinating. So there's this aha moment of that voice is not me. And in the early days, it is just ignore it, rise above it, like, yeah, bah, 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 bah. But then, then he became really mean, which is interesting. So the whining and the bitching and the moaning kind of stopped and he would just throw barbs at me. Um, there's actually a story in my book about it. Just It's hilarious. I'll give you the very short version of it. Basically, I'm with a dear friend. She's talking about her career. She's she's on, on the list to make partner in this big firm. And and I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I'm full of, of, of pride and appreciation for her. It's a job I once coveted myself, but I've gone down this other path. And I was just having this amazing moment of being truly happy for someone, even though they're, they're getting something that you once wanted. And I thought, wow, look at you. You're growing. You're good. Good for you, Devon. And then he said to me, it was just the shittiest thing. He said, that's great. How are you going to feel two years from now when you fucked everything up and all your friends are now partners in big firms? And I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> what a dick so that was that was phase two and fortunately that didn't last very long because i just would laugh and say buddy like come on why are you being a dick and then the third phase was i was getting really dark thoughts mm. like 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 really just messed up stuff and the, and the way i got through that was just realizing everyone has demons and the way to overcome them is just shine a light on them just acknowledge that that's not real it's just a thought it's yep. just deep and and i'm i would I, I now say i'm at stage four which is the things he says, aside from the whining and the bitching and the moaning, that does still sometimes happen. Um, he says things that could be true, right? He says things like, watch out for this. That might not work. Uh, do you really have experience? And it's like, ah, fuck. Um, okay, you may have a point. So whilst in the early days I would just squash it and ignore it, now I actually engage in conversation. And, and it sounds like I'm schizophrenic. I'm not, but we all have multiple no. voices. Um, I now engage in conversation. I'm like, okay, so first of all, I'm the captain of the ship. We are doing this. So there's no point in being a dick. Let, let's talk about it, right? Let's think about this. How, what can I put in place? Who can I talk to? And, and it becomes this sort of almost like a partnership. So my point in that long story is he's not dead. And I love him and I'm grateful for him. He's my bodyguard. How amazing is it that we have a built-in bodyguard? So here's what's going to blow your mind now. As a, as a woman who understands all this, that's your feminine intuition talking. So it's shifted from ego, it, the way I'm looking oh, at it. Yeah. It's shifted from ego to intuition. Oh, wow. I like, I know, wow, that's new to me. I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah, because that's the voice that's real, is intuition, the one that'll say, yo, hang on a second here, let's think about this. And so when you lean into that, that voice I listen to all day, not all day, that's total bullshit. I will hear her <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I know better. Ego goes, fuck you, you know better. Yeah. But that, what you're talking about is, is that's your intuition. That's, I love that's it. Yeah. holding you a second back. Cause like the way that the way, and, and it's a, it's a beautiful transition because when I talk about ego, it'll be things like, here's a, there's a woman that, and this is a typical woman thing to do. This woman who I think is incredible. I, I adore her. But when I see her on Instagram, getting guests that I want instantly egos like who the fuck does she think she is? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and then I stop and I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are talking shit about this person you care, you know, you yeah. like yeah. But that's ego. Right. And that I can't listen to that. I have to shut up, but I also have to honor it. Like, why is that coming up for me? Why am I still like this catty teenager, jealous bitch yeah. about some girl I really like? Yeah. And that's, and then you sit in that and you sit and you think, okay, well, that's definitely ego. And I don't want you at the table anymore, but I will listen to why is that still coming up? But yeah. You, you said something I love there. Well, I like that. Whole, I love that whole story, but you said you sit in it for a while. That's interesting. That, that, that resonated with me because I've, I've experienced that over the last six to eight months where when you feel bad and it, it could be any negative emotion, right. But you feel shitty. Um, I think for the most part, most of us push against it. 
right? We push mm-hmm. it down, we bury it somewhere, we don't want to experience it. But actually any feeling felt fully is blissful. And and I, I, I call it like a pig in shit. Sometimes <laughs> when I, if it's grief, if it's guilt, if it's just a deep fear or a longing for something, I just kind of sit in it and I'm like, okay, like just feel it. And it actually, yep. you allow it to move through you as opposed to bottling it somewhere and keeping yeah. it for later. Yeah. And I think, and that's beautiful. And I love that because I think the more you, a person can learn to sit in it is exactly how you're going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and that's our society is to, to drink alcohol, to do all these things. And I, I have, even through COVID definitely, I've been like, there was one day I'm like, I'm, I would like to have some wine because I'm feeling mm-hmm. anxious today and I'm open about it. And then I say, okay. And then I sit in that and I go, well, why the fuck? Why? But, but sitting in it gets it moving eventually, which I love. But I love that. I love the, the, the and I appreciate you sharing in such a, in an open way. But, but I don't think, tell me if you, if you agree or not, I don't think the objective is to get to the point where you never have a drawing towards wine or you never have moments of, of feeling anxious. I think the objective is to do what you just did, which is to live a conscious existence. Right. I'm and aware. Absolutely. It. Yep. I, I had two beers yesterday and I loved both of them. Yeah, I, it was, and I and I'm like it. It they, it's poison. I know that. Yep. I wanted them. I really enjoyed them. I had them with my dinner, and I would do it again someday. You know. Right. I, we're not perfect. We're human. No, of course, of course. And I and I and I think here's the interesting thing is, and well, I, this will kind of lead into the masculine feminine. But as a child, I at ten years old, I I went into my masculine because there were two alcoholic parents. I'm hyper hyper. Um, aware of, and it's a fear of ever being, I'm 44. I'm probably not going to, st- I mean, maybe, but probably not going to all of a sudden become an alcoholic, but there's this fear back here. So I'm, I'm conscious of, and sometimes when we know too much, like if you're in the coaching in- environment and you're always learning and you kind of, you're, you're so aware, sometimes you're a little too aware and it turns into, Oh, am I doing this? Is this why I'm doing this? Why can't, you know, and you start to ask a thousand questions or a person who isn't in it would just be ignorant and do the thing and not think twice about it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting. And so, so that's part of why I'm conscious of, am I, am I actually having this glass of wine to squish something or am I just having it and enjoying it? And so for me, there's two conversations and I'm just aware of them. And so, um, but yeah, it's sitting in it. Cause I'm, I fucking, I cry probably every day in some capacity and that I'm going to pull the woman card. We have hormones. We feel things differently than men. We are feminine feels different things. So I'm super open with my emotions and I I've embraced that. And it's, it's almost fun now to be in that, that realm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort well, of how I feel about the wine. Well, you, <laughs> Sometimes. You, beautiful, you beautiful creatures have an organ that we don't have. And it's called feelings. My, I've yeah. never been a woman. Tell me I'm wrong, but uh, this is this is from Alison Armstrong. I don't know if you know her. I, I just I she's, adore that woman. She's, she's amazing. Great. She's coming oh, on the show. Oh, she is. Hell oh, yes. She, oh, she is just wonderful. But she I talks know. about how you have an organ just behind your lungs called your feelings. You know, guy, guys feel like they're disrespected. They're not, you know, not cared for, not appreciated, and they they might have that. They might feel crushed. But we never yep. talk about having our feelings hurt. Right. But that, but that is like having the wind knocked out of you if someone hurts your feelings. Now, so I have a question for you. How would you react if I told you that I cry pretty much every day? Um, I don't know that I would react. I might just say, okay. Yeah, no, no, not, not because I think it's a problem. I don't, no, I don't. Yeah, no, when you say it, I don't have a feeling. I, I feel, <laughs> here we are, the feelings. I feel, um, yeah. I think... Nothing. I think that's cool. Like that's, that's what just came up. I'm like, that's fucking rad if he does. Okay. What, what, what I, what I find, it's interesting how you, and this, I'm going down the street because I want to touch on the feminine, the qualities of the feminine energy. I find that I feel feelings Well, I'm, I'm sounding feminine now. I feel feelings very deeply and very quickly. Okay. And I believe I make this up. I believe it is largely due to my deep meditation practice. Mm. Let me give you, I'll tell you a real quick story. So I studied under Emily Fletcher, who you may or may not know in New York, and wonderful, wonderful woman. And 
she said, when you start a meditation practice, you're clearing out old hurts and historical stresses, etc. You will have a period of time where you just have emotions that go up and down. And I remember this was years ago when I started meditating and it's twice a day, no questions asked, non-negotiable now. I don't remember the last time I didn't meditate. Um, and there was one morning, back when I still was full-time employed, where I, I saw this video on Facebook, I think it was, it was about like a, a, like a beaten puppy or something, and I was fucking sobbing my heart out, right? And then a few minutes later, I was just elated. I thought about something I was excited about, and I, I could barely keep my feet on the ground with excitement. And then five minutes after that, I, I realized I was running late to go to the office, and my adorable sweet little doggy didn't want me to leave and the little shit followed me outside and I couldn't get him back inside and I was gonna and I I got so angry I punched the side of the house and I was like wow in 15 minutes I went from sobbing to mm -hmm. elated to so angry I lashed out and I thought no shit Emily we are gonna start feeling things fully mm. and it's continued that I'm very much in control of of, of my thinking and my emotions, but I feel things very deeply. And, and I think that's what leads me to shed a tear most days is something will move. It could be gratitude, by the way. I'm not yep. talking about crying over Ditto. a loved one, yep. but it, I'm so moved by certain things that a tear will just stream down my face. And then five minutes later, I'm hugging and high-fiving someone. It, it's, it's quite remarkable how deeply and quickly you can feel things when you are open, I think, mm -hmm. is, my, I think is my point. That's beautiful. And I think, um, I, and I often cry in gratitude as well. And I think that's important. I'm glad you brought it up and I'm glad you mentioned it because it's not like I'm, I'm not, my life is incredible. Could there be improvements? A hundred percent, but my life is incredible. And so living in that gratitude. And I think that's another part of getting in touch with the feminine in all of us is that, you know, you go to a, a Tony Robbins event and all the guys are not all, but a lot of them are just sobbing and we're loving the shit out of each other. And it's a beautiful yeah. experience because you're in your heart and you're not worrying about, I remember the first, first UPW I went to, there was two guys. Uh, one was coming up the ramp and one was going down the ramp and they accidentally bumped shoulders. And for a second I was like, Oh shit. Cause I forgot where I was. And I thought, Oh my God, someone's going to lip off. There's going to be a fight. And then I was like, Kara, you're at a Tony Robbins event. They're going to hug. Yeah. They're going to high five. Like that, none of that shit's going to happen, but that's it. And, and, and leading to that, a man who is able to be in his feminine is now we don't want it all the time because we still want that safety, right? We want to know that the man is able to access his mature masculine. But when you can see a man who is in touch with his feminine, that is an unbelievable gift to us on as, as we're witnessing yeah. it, because to us, what that says is this man absolutely is confident in himself and he knows and he's secure enough to, because people say, you know, you hear the joke, I'm secure enough in my manhood to cry. Literally, it's true. Yeah. Like that's actually what's happening. And from a female perspective, whether you're my friend, my husband, my brother, my father, watching that gives me a sense of deep peace where I can yeah. exhale. And that's all women really want. Oh, wow. I'm, so. Tell me more about that. Is that is that because it gives you a sense of like emotional safety? Is it, yeah. is it a feeling like this is a safe space for me to Absolutely. express who I really am? Yep. And oh, it wow. just shows that it, it, from where we sit, it's like the exhale is almost like we can we can meet at that level. And so what happens as well is when when you're able to be emotional that way, then I know the judgment's gone. You, you can't judge me. We're feeling it the same way. If we can yeah. we, we can access that part of each other the judgment's gone and that's part of the feeling safe. If you're not judging me, then I'm safe to just let go here and, and be who I really am. Um, and, and the ability to snap back when you need to. And that's the beauty of the masculine, the mature masculine is okay. Well, we've been emotional, but I need to know you can snap back and pull me into maybe physical safety or, you know, yeah. financial safety, those type of things. But it's a gift. It's a gift to watch a man in his feelings and it's beautiful. And, it's the, the best way a lot of the work that I'm doing and the work that I'm talking about is giving women the ability to exhale. Like I've, stop I've never, this. And I've never heard it described that way. I love that. That makes that, that for whatever reason, that's simple for my male brain. I, I, I feel that that that's, that's amazing. Well, we get into our body and that's all feminine energy is getting into the body.
So tell, so let's talk a little bit about toxic masculinity. So tell, cause now, you know, my, my hope is that there's going to be men listening who are unfamiliar with some of these concepts. So talk a little bit about what the toxic masculinity looks like or that you've seen. And then the flip side of it, what does mature masculine look like to you? Yeah. Oh man, what, what a profound, deep and incredibly important and relevant question at a time um, like this. I don't mean because of what's going on with the virus. I just mean, I, th- I think, I hope the world's waking up to this. So I, I wasn't aware of the concept of toxic masculinity until only a few years ago. And it was this rude awakening for me because I realized that I'd just been, I'd been given these wrong definitions. And, and I, th- I, and I never really, I never really thought about it. It was just subconscious or unconscious but i i grew up thinking believing making up for myself that being a man meant being physically tough which isn't the worst thing in the world like look after yourself and 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 provide physical security but it also meant you don't show your feelings uh, people can't push you around what you say goes you're the one who's responsible for making decisions and you know people should people should respect you and, and almost like fear you a little bit so mm-hmm. they don't screw with you. And some of that just makes me shudder to think that that's what it, what I once thought it was to be a man. And, and how that played out, unfortunately, in my life is being raised primarily by my mom, by a woman, I, my feminine energy has always been pretty well developed. And that coupled with thinking that a guy had to be tough and mean basically meant I was I was a pleaser. I was a nice guy. I, I I would be sweet and loving and caring, but deep down inside, wasn't honoring who I was. And people weren't reacting in the way that I wanted them to react. And then I would flip out, and we'd right. have arguments, and there'd be explosions. It, it, it's typical. They call it um they call it a, a covered contract, right? I'm expecting you to do things in return for mm. me, but you don't fucking know that that's what I'm expecting. And right. then I flip out when you don't, right? Um, because I wasn't honoring true masculinity. I was trying to be a tough guy and a pleaser at the same time. And I think for, fortunately for me, because my feminine was so, so well developed, that kind of pushed me more down the route of, uh, of, of being hurt sometimes or, or, or being a little bit, you know, feisty and bickering and, and disconnected in relationships. But I think for other guys who are, who are, who are victims of toxic masculinity, it simply makes them assholes. Yep. It makes them it makes them feel that it is their way or the highway. I think really sadly and tragically often leads men to to be physically violent with people who don't treat them the way they want to be. And it has to stop. It has to stop. And and the turning point for me was was redefining or perhaps defining for the first time what masculine and feminine really meant. And realizing that we all have both. Mm-hmm. That was that that was a big thing for me, you know. Uh, even once I realized that this toxicity within me, this ni- Mr. Nice Guy was bullshit, realizing, oh, that soft part there is feminine. Oh, and that's okay. That that's fine for me. And I, I would say this, I would say masculine energy is is quite remarkable. And I would say feminine energy is truly beautiful. It is in a very, in a very, very high level, how I would describe them. I think masculinity is all about focus, attention, creation, and, and, and delicate force, measured force. And I think feminine energy is just, it's just wonderful. It's about connection and feeling and expansiveness and, and just like this ocean of emotion. And I think, by the way, that is scary to a toxic man. Oh, definitely. And I think, just to kind of cap this off and then, and then I'll be quiet for a moment, I think it's my job in my masculine to be that unshakable rod that just stands in the ocean and you can say and do and slap against me all you want. I'm not going anywhere, honey. That's amazing. Right? Uh, that that to me is what it is to be masculine. It doesn't mean I'm going to yell at you. It doesn't mean I'm going to, ju- it just means I'm going to, you can hit me. You can, I'm talking about emotionally yeah. or with words. You can hit me. You can punch me. You can do whatever. You can go crazy. And I just stand here smiling and say, I love you, honey. And and then you're safe to to be who you really are. 
that yep. that in a nutshell is is and i'm not saying i'm there yet by the way that in a nutshell to me is what is that incredible interplay between masculine and feminine uh so you can run the show from now on because that was perfect mic drop i'm out oh <laughs> okay <laughs> That was amazing. That and that is um, so. I, I, I'm sure. I feel like you've read the way of the superior man. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So I just invited David on the show. We'll see. So put out the energy that he will accept oh, the invitation. Oh, David, Dada, what what an amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. Like all of what you said, and I think this. And so let me just touch on on what's going in the current events right now. So even before all this stuff happened last year, um, I, my my mission statement was I care a see hear feel and know that I my purpose in life is to create an army of love soldiers oh, and that's lovely. what I'm doing and I'm doing it through teaching women how to access this part of themselves so that we can come to the men of the world like this and you can't fight it you just have <laughs> to let it happen let us go and, and that's it like we're this tornado of emotion and love and we're here to receive like that's our bodies are even designed to receive you like and i think so so long for so many for at least the last 30 years we've been conditioned as women to think we're men and we've been conditioned to think the bigger the friggin shoulder pads the better the the more a ball break i wrote a post on it the other day like women go into these boardrooms and they act they're trying to act like toxic masculine men and they're not getting, that's not going to get them. That's why they're resist, there's resistance, resistance over and over and over again. Because if I come to a toxic masculine man in my toxic masculinity, what do you think is going to happen? It's a pissing contest. That's it. Yeah. And eventually he's like, you, you'll just fuck it and that's it. They're done, especially in a relationship. But the way that you describe like being in the ocean because the ocean's calm sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's a fucking hurricane. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little bit of waves. But we want to know that you're not moving. We want to know that you can handle us like that. And I know that's not politically correct. Men shouldn't handle blah, blah, blah. But who? Ca- it's, it's the way it is. I know, I know right? You, you know? And I, but women are like, I don't fucking need a man. Okay. I disagree. I think when you say that, you're in your masculine butt. It's when they say, I don't need a man, what they're saying is I'm fearful and I'm not in touch with my femininity and I don't feel safe enough to show up in that way yet. That's really what that's code for. But you described it beautifully. And I think we're not always in that hurricane season. And when we're not, that's when you can get quiet and really appreciate the juiciness of each other. Oh, I love that. Something when you said that, or just before you said that something popped up for me. Wow, I hadn't acknowledged this before. Um, wow, I hadn't. This sorry, this has had an aha moment. I I just realised what the shift was for me between toxic masculinity and what I believe is the way of the superior man. And it's interesting. It's when I stop making it about me. Mm. Because let, let's say, for example, in, in my in my relationship with my lovely wife, in any given moment she may or may not be doing, saying, acting in a way that I want her to. But, but just by definition, by set, making that statement, it's about me. It's like I'm the post and these waves are crashing against me and I'd rather they weren't. Right. But when you shift into I'm here for you, it's about you, and you just, you just love them unconditionally because of who they are, you don't, there's, there's no longer waves crashing against you. You're just, you're just watching this incredible force in front of you. And that, for me, was the shift. When you get out of your own way, mm-hmm. when, you, when you make it about your partner, then it, it just, it, the whole game changes. Yeah, does it does. A hundred percent. And it's like, and, and that's kind of it is just witnessing. Again, like the clouds. Yeah, yeah, witnessing, yeah. Just witnessing yeah. what's happening. Uh, um, yeah. I, I think even like in a boardroom situation, if you think mm-hmm. of a toxic man, masculine energy versus the, a mature masculine, this guy wants to get the best deal. This guy wants to win the argument. This guy wants to have the last say. This guy wants to be of service. Right. He wants the, he wants the ultimate decision to be whatever is the greater good for the, for the group. He wants to make sure that it, it serves the whole. He's a sovereign king. He's, he's mm-hmm. optimizing for the whole. Again, he's not in his own head. He's thinking about the group, whereas this guy wants to win the battle. 
And I, and I think that's true in a boardroom, in a relationship, in, in any capacity. I think that's the biggest shift I've experienced. I think, I think this conversation that we're having, and I'm, I'm blessed to have it several times a week with some very incredible people like yourself. <laughs> I think this conversation is what's going to change everything. I really, really in my soul feel, and, I've, and, I, and I didn't understand it a couple of years ago when I, I did business mastery and we had to do a group the, the group project and we started the buddy hug movement. So why we started that was because Tony assigns, you know, says go and figure out some kind of business that's going to help the whole group here. And I remember at, at business mastery, I was sitting there and I was really vulnerable and I was crying. There's a lot of things that were coming up for me. And I thought, you know, in school, when the kids, if there's a kid that doesn't have a friend, they'll go sit on a bench that's called the friend bench. And then other kids can look and say, oh, that kid needs a hug or that kid. And I thought, I, I put that in the same kind of vein and I thought, holy shit. And it was fascinating to me. Like we had t-shirts made that basically our whole purpose was to hug each other at this event when you, when we thought you'd need it or even if we, you didn't think you needed it. And men would come up to me and I would hug them and they would do this really hard slap on my back as if to say, I'm not trying to bone you. I'm not trying to cop a feel. I'm, I have to be in my top. Like it, it felt toxic. It felt like, yeah, like I, and I, and this was, I mean, if we ever meet you, I dare you to try it. Cause this was my, this was what I did. I squeezed harder and I wouldn't oh. let him go. And I could feel him go like this and then go like this. Hmm. And he leaned into his feminine energy and wow. I did get it then. And now I get it. And I really, and I, and I would say joke around. I said, hugging is going to save the world. This is a form of hugging, having these conversations about teaching, because it's going to start with you guys teaching your, your men how to be mature masculine, no longer toxic, no longer wounded, because wounded, toxic masculinity, that's who's starting wars. That's who's killing people. Those, that is the group of men who don't take their knee off a person's neck. That is the group of men who does all the bullshit that's happening. A mature masculine would never ever fucking hurt a single person on this earth. And I sincerely believe like, I'm, I'm here, I'll handle the women, you guys handle the boys, and eventually we're going to come to this beautiful place. Is it going to be perfect? No. But it'll be a whole lot fucking better because we're way more resor resourceful in this state, we're way more open, and there's just so much more can happen. But we have to start talking about you, buddy, that thinks you can fight your way out of shit and put your fists up as soon as something doesn't go your way, we have to talk about how that's bullshit and that's not the way. That's not the way of the superior man. So uh, thank you for all of that. And I think um, I think we can change how this world goes. I really do. Uh, 100% agree. And, and what's fascinating to me is even the way you described yourself in this mission came across in this wonderful feminine power. And the way I would describe myself is the masculine version. So you said you're, cre you're creating an army of lovers. Love soldiers. Love, love soldiers. soldiers. Whereas I describe myself as wishing to be a shining example. Mm -hmm. So we're both, we're both leading, but yours is rooted in connection and group, et cetera. Mine is, is, is led in a, I'll, I'll take the blows. I'll be out in front. Isn't that like they're both the same direction? Right. Mine, my, mine is the masculine spin and yours is the feminine spin. Even, even that's coming out in our words, which is, which is amazing because that's who we are at our core. Yep. So, yep. It's, yeah, it's exciting. It's, oh, exhale. Yeah. See, it just feels good. So <laughs> let's talk, let's talk a, a little bit about the relationship stuff because you know, it starts at home, right? I mean, if you're in relationships, this kind of stuff will start at home as well, how we're teaching our kids, how we're, we're interacting with our loved ones. So you, so you said you're married. So is yeah. she firmly in her feminine energy? Does she, is she familiar with all of this kind of stuff? Is she showing up more masculine? Tell me kind of how you interact in those energies oh, at home. I love it. So, so I would say, I'm going to, I'm going to preface the whole, this whole thing by saying my wife is currently the greatest teacher in my life mm. for the following reasons she does not currently subscribe to a lot of this content she, she she appreciates and respects what i do she isn't in this world in the same way as say you and i are which for the longest time i felt was a challenge because i'm like well, if you don't know what the tools are that i'm trying to use like this is a, a one-way thing like what the hell and then i've realized that that makes her the greatest teacher there is because she's the one, I'm, I genuinely mean this with love and respect, who is presenting me with these challenges. 
Right. And instead of instead of whining and pissing and moaning about the fact that there are challenges, whether it's relationship, physical, financial, whatever, I'm grateful for them because it's through those challenges that I'm learning more about me and growing so that I, I, I can teach this stuff and make the world a better place. So that's the backdrop. Um, she is uh, sweet and, and lovely and wonderful. I, I would say that we, we're married, um, but she she isn't she isn't aware of the technical details in the same way that we are. Although she, she's certainly starting to understand herself a bit more. And I certainly believe that because I am in my masculine in a positive way, more often she's definitely, I can feel it. She's definitely in her feminine more often. Um, I would say a large proportion of the time she, she wears a masculine mask. She works a big corporate job. She's in a, a, a position of significant authority at a large organization. So she is a dude at work. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and honestly, sometimes forgets to take that mask off when she comes home. Yeah. Um, the, the difference now is I see it. I appreciate it. I understand it. I'm not challenged by it. And it's pretty hard to keep your mask on when you come home to a masculine dude who's unshakable. Yep. So I think without sitting down and saying, hey, honey, here are the tools. This is what's happening right now because that's, that's a little bit forced. It's just it's a natural <laughs> progression that we're both expressing who we are more and more openly and freely because I'm masculine more of the time and she's feminine more of the time. So that, that's how it's playing out for me in my marriage. That's amazing. So and this is why I started this whole movement was because I was showing up way too far in my masculine with my children. And I have four daughters and three of them are adults. One, so I, it goes 32, 23, 19 and 11, all girls. And I started after like midtime last year, I started to see that I was showing up. I was treating them like they were in my business. So it was very like, let's, da, 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 let's get this shit done. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eh. and then I was separated still from my husband at the time. And I started to want to date. And I was like, why am I not meeting any guys that are like at my level? Right. Yeah. Well, it's because you have a penis in your hand, you idiot. Like that's <laughs> why. And so I started to think, Oh, maybe I need to shift. And so that, that was where it started for me because men don't want to out alpha you. They're just not interested. They're like, fuck it. You know what? You want to be a dude? Peace out. See you later. So it's interesting that you say, because women in big jobs, that's how we do have to show up. The, the, the thing I'm learning now though, is that a woman who shows up in her mature masculine energy and her feminine divine is an absolute, like you can't even touch it. It's so powerful when you can leverage both. So I know what it looks like when I, when I come home into my masculine. So what does that look like? And this is important because I want the women listening to understand that it's not, you think it's, if you act a certain way, that's masculinity. It's not, it's, it shows up in very subtle ways sometimes. So if you could give like maybe two ways or two examples of what it looks like in real time when you have the masculine mask walk through the door and where she's forgotten to remove it. Um, she gives me orders. Yep. <laughs> Guilty. And, and, and I don't mean that entirely negatively and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but it's literally like, okay, so this needs to be, it's very like, this needs to be done. I'm yep. like, oh, all right. Okay. I'll get to it. Um, and I think another way is, I, this is this is a bit this is a bit deeper. Maybe this is because of my feminine quality and my knowledge. But I feel I feel the tension within her. I feel the conflict within her that she's tired of being that way and wants to just using your word exhale. Yep. Um. So it it I I, I she shows up tense. So she gives me orders, and it takes her a while to relax. Yep. If that makes sense. That, that, it does. Two ways in which I think the, the, the toxic masculine mask that my wife wears often shows up. <laughs> yep. And, it, and it's beautiful you said that because, um, so we, I had a guest on Dimple Thakra. She's part of our community. She's a relationship coach. And she said when she, know, when she can recognize she's in her, her masculine, the back of her neck starts to hurt. Oh, interesting. And my wife gets um, discomfort in her shoulders. Yep. Yeah. That's, Doing this yep. all day. That's right. That because it's not our natural state. It's not our core. So, so ladies, I mean, that was 
like Devin's hitting it on the nail. When you come in and you start ordering, and 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 I find moms do this too, right? Like mother, stay-at-home moms especially, because they're used. They have to be in their masculine to run the house and run the kids and get shit done in the house, and yeah. they don't turn it off. And so that's one of the things we talk a lot about is you know how do you turn it off when you come through the door? And for me, I don't. I work from home, but let's say I'm I'm leaving where I'm I'm recording and leaving where I'm doing it. Water, so bathing is like such a huge. Um, with lots of salt, Himalayan sea salt, Epsom salts, whatever you need to do. But that ritual of, of getting into the water and just releasing, I can come, literally, I call them goddess baths now. I don't even let the kids call them baths. The kids, the girls, I said, you need to have a goddess bath. Oh, it's amazing. You're teaching them that. Oh, I have to unteach all the shit I taught already <laughs> in the beginning, which was how to be a masculine woman. So I'm un- undoing it all now, which is fine. It's working. But it's it's that ritual of because the man has to sort of see too, like you're so aware, but most men aren't at, at this level. But if we're in our masculine on the, in the outside world, we do need that man cave time too, to, to yeah. t- transition back into feminine. Like that's oh, oh, what I, has to happen. I'm going to jump in there because I love that you mentioned that. I didn't realize this until not that long ago. And we're going to ignore the lockdown phase because obviously that's changed the dynamic. Fortunately, in our case, for the better. Um, it's been a gift, but before that, my wife would come home from work and wanting to be present and there for her and supportive in the way she wants me to be, which is giving her pleasant company and performing acts of service and giving her and giving her love. I would be right there. And it wasn't until bless her, she had the the courage to say, can you actually like, I love you, but can you leave me alone? for 45 minutes. Like I, I want to empty the dishwasher. It's okay that you haven't done that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And now you mention it, that's her man cave time. Yep. And that was allowing her, I don't know if she knew she was doing this, but that was allowing her to take off her mask. Um, so now I, I give her space and right. And you're not going to attach. And this is the thing too. When a woman, when a man comes home and they want to do the man cave, a woman will attach meaning to that. Oh, he doesn't love me. Oh, he doesn't want to spend time with me. They're trying to, they're, they're expecting the man to be like the woman where when you come home, we want to be like, here was my day. Talk, 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 talk. And you're like, holy fuck, give me five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the women, like a man isn't, like you said, you just look and you're like, oh, okay. So give her 45 minutes. That's beautiful. And, and then now gentlemen, if you're hearing this, if you give her time, but then maybe draw a bath. Like you don't yeah. have to be passive about it. Maybe be a little bit proactive. Like if I came home to somebody, how was your day? I'm going to draw you a bath. I'd be like, uh, where do I sign up? Like that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I will do anything for you when I'm out of the bath. You, know, you can drop <laughs> your pants. Everything will be fabulous. But we become all of a sudden of service to you because you've understood and you've given us that time to transition, but we need it just as much as anybody. Like if we're out there in the world, I'm a total, um, I would say I'm a mature masculine energy in my business with a splash of feminine energy as well. But when I come back to the Kara as in not boss Kara, but relationship Mm -hmm. Kara, I want to be taken care of. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, I think so that that's kind of it for my questions. This I, I, do you have anything else that you want to share with everybody? Um, only that I on the relationship front, because this is really relevant and current for me. I can you imagine a world where everyone in a in a loving relationship is trying to out love the other person? Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that in a competitive way, but but I it's it's so it's just so current and relevant for me and it ties in with with being understanding and being compassionate if if we if we stop making it about ourselves yeah. right and I'm, by the way there's there's a part of me here that's being a hypocrite because I, I i get triggered i'm human sorry of course right? yeah um, <laughs> oops yeah yeah oops sorry about that i i just I, there's this wonderful quote from neil donald walsh i'm, I'm sure you, you've heard mm-hmm. you know you know him and it, it goes something like this your life is not about you it's about the lives of everyone you touch and the sooner you realize that the better off you'll be and I think it's true in relationships. I think it's true in, in when you're trying to serve people in the business world because business is a spiritual game. And I think, it's, I think it's true about your own happiness and fulfillment. When, when we stop fucking making it about me, 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 it just, I don't know, the problem, we rise above the issues. Yep. So that, that, w- that would be my plea to, to men and to women in, in, in struggling relationships is 
you're not the only one in it, guys, right? Think about the other person. Where are they coming from? Do you know what they're going through? And show up how they want how they want to feel supported, and it will dramatically change the course of your relationship. So you just dropped a nugget now, so I can't let you go just yet because you said something very interesting, and I want you to just talk really quickly about it. But you said business is a spiritual game, and I think that women in their feminine understand that a hundred percent. Men in their toxic masculinity don't get that at all. And so they're always chasing the dollar. They're always chasing the car, the ladies, the house, all that outside shit. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting you can't have that. You should. I want all of that. I have a nice car. I have nice stuff, blah, blah, blah. But when you say business is a spiritual game, I think that's directly, a mature masculine understands that. And that's why you're successful because it's about service. The toxic masculine doesn't get that yet. So I I just wanted to like touch on that because that's important uh, for yeah. young men to know, don't, it's not about chasing the money. It's about chasing the service. Yeah. So I, do you know what? I, I will share a quote I heard and, and this, I was never able to find the actual <clears throat> original quote. There's this guy called Chris Evans many, many years ago in the UK ran a very successful like Friday night TV show. And he did like a breakfast show in the morning and he made a ton of money in, in the business world as a, as a broadcaster, as a guy on TV. And he said in his autobiography, which you can't buy anymore, so I couldn't find this original quote. He basically said, when you're, when you're going along the river on a boat, money is the wake. Mm. You don't, when you're on a boat, you don't look around wondering how big the wake is. You're focused on where you're going, the speed, the direction, et cetera. There's always going to be a wake behind you. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. And, I, and I, that's, that's what I mean when I say money's a spiritual game is, yeah, you've got to take care of the dollars and cents. Don't be a dumbass sure. and not look at your finances. Don't spend beyond. Yes, I, of course. But if you make your business about how can I help that person? What does extraordinary look like? I care for them. I want them. I'm obsessed with helping them. Of course, there's going to be a big wake behind you. Yep. It, it takes care of itself. And, and, and I'm going to go even more woo-woo. Um, I've had moments where I've wanted to to quit, go back to living in a box, get my job back, a lot more security, a lot fucking easier. And I've pictured <laughs> my and I've pictured myself going toe to toe with the big man. I don't mean Tony Robbins, done that, amazing human. I mean God. And the the, the sense I get back is he just looks at me, and he says, "Use what I gave you. Like it's not complicated. What?" Why are you agonizing over whether you need two cars, whether you're going to make X number of sales, whether this client's... I, I don't understand, Devon. Why are you agon... Use what I fucking gave you. You know those talents and abilities that are inside of you? Use them and I'll take care of the rest. Yep. And, and that's what I mean by business is a spiritual game is do what you're here to do relentlessly. And I truly believe that the rest will take care of itself. Yep. I say that to anybody who will listen. I, I say it all the time. If you follow your passion, the money just will show up. It has to be what you're, and, and, and I think that again, like to tie it back into this, the energy conversation, I think when you dip into that feminine energy and you sit with it and you understand what your heart is telling you to do, it's, and it's woo woo, but we're woo woo here. It's fine. It's those in those moments is when the impact that you need to have starts to unravel itself and show itself. Mm. But business is fucking hard. I have yeah. a, I have another company that I run. It's not easy. And if I wasn't passionate about this shit, you couldn't get me out of bed, but I am. And that's yeah, it. It's, it's, it's about those reasons. I, I agree. And I, I, what I'm, I'm learning now and Hey, this one I'm sure will evolve over time is I'm convinced that that success versus going back down the mountain Mm. isn't down to opportunities, how smart you are, where you went to college, who you connect with. All of those things play a part. Yes, of course they do. It comes down to your staying power. Mm -hmm. It's just these, all these little things that come along and hit you. I don't know how to do this. That went wrong. Oh, I'm going to go buy that. What do you mean I've got to do? It's just this constant, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's your ability to just keep going. It's the little thing. Greatness is a lot of small things done well. It is not some magnificent, wondrous level of intelligence. It's just persistence and never giving up. And that's, that's why the reasons pull me forward. Right. I always say 
the, the reason I know I will be impactful and successful in this industry is because at times in my life, I felt so lost and alone that I can't yeah. bear for another human being to feel the same yes. way. Yes, yes. Now, do you think do you think on a on a on a Sunday morning when I got to get up and go out for a long bike ride and my body's hurting or I've got to go edit something for the book or I've got to go on a call I'm unprepared for? Do you think that fucking reason makes me show up? Absolutely, it does. Do you think? Well, I want to I want to make seven figures this year. Do you think that would make you show up? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. People go crazy and people lose themselves in it because they think that's enough, and it just never is. Like. How many times, you know, we can we could cite a million successful people who have got all the stuff, all the stuff, and they're fucking miserable because it's uh, not they're not in alignment with anything. I, I have. Do we have time for me to tell you one more story? Yes, of course. So I had a really nice moment when I shifted away from money being my measure of of significance, which of course it was for a long time. That that is a typical element mm-hmm. of tos- toxic masculinity. Is uh, it's basically a dick measuring exercise. How yep. much money do you make? Um, and I, it was, it was about a year and a half ago, maybe when I, when I, I first kind of went out fully on my own and I had spent the entire weekend with a dear, dear friend of mine in the city, helping him move into his apartment. One day we spent moving all his stuff. Second day we spent building furniture together. It was just an opportunity to be with someone I love dearly and to, and to, to be of service. He was hugely grateful. We had a wonderful time. And on the Sunday night, I was waiting in the parking garage in Manhattan for this friendly parking attendant to kindly go get my car for me and to bring it back. And I was just bathing in gratitude. I mean, what a wonderful weekend I'd spent. And I saw my car in the distance. I've got rid of it now, but it was a beautiful brand new black uh, BMW X5, cream leather, loved that car, in the distance. And I thought, you have your freedom, you're doing what you love, you have a wonderful, like, what more could you possibly want? And then I saw out of the corner of my eye, bear in mind I'm a car guy, a black 458 Ferrari Italia. And I was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I, I went over to it and I, I did a track day once and I drove a 458 and it's just, oh man, that's the car. <laughs> and I could see the carbon fire, the brake disc, there's a bit of dirt on the tire so it had been driven, it had black leather. I w- and I remember thinking it was a bit smaller than I remembered. It was just, I just wanted to, oh God, this car was so, so amazing. <laughs> And then I went, whoa, whoa, hang on a second, Devin. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's happening here? What? It doesn't make sense. You're standing over there in this, like a bliss bunny, blissing out on gratitude. And then this car shows up. There is something afoot here. Why? And I thought to myself, it's it's a question. It's let's play a game. So I made up a game, which was, we have you have two choices, Devin. At this moment, let's just pretend you can either option A go back to doing what you were doing and in this made up situation you are guaranteed 100% to get one of these yep. or option b keep doing what you're doing following your mission following your heart and in this made up scenario you will never ever 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 have one 0% chance and never have one mm. what do you cho- what do you choose and i just got this amazing glow in my heart and i just went b with, with just without question B followed by, well, actually it's going to be secret option C of course, which is I can have both. Right. But, but that was a turning point for me with, yes, I, I live in a beautiful home. I'm very grateful for that. And I, I did, I got rid of it recently, but I had this lovely car and we go on nice trips and look, I, I, I want for nothing, but I, honestly, I mean this when I say it, you can have all that shit. it pales into insignificance compared to the sense of freedom I have doing what I love. Yep. And that's another big shift in the masculinity spectrum, which is I'm here to serve. I'm not here to consume. And I used to be a net, I used to be a net consumer. Yep. In my relationships, in in how I thought about money, in in how I treated my body, I was a consumer and now I'm a, I'm of service. Wow. That's a, that's a massive, massive shift. That's huge. Yeah. I love that. Well, well, tell us or tell them how they can find you if they want to get in touch with you. What's the best way? Um, so one or two ways I would say, go, go find me on, on Instagram. I am Devin Bailey is, is my handle, or you can look for me on Facebook. Otherwise go to my website shapingreality.com there's a whole bunch of of amazing free resources on there videos some thought-provoking stuff some uh blogs all kinds of things so hopefully people will go check it out and and find something of value for them 
So what's next for you once, uh, once you're able to travel and do, do whatever we want again? What's, what's so, coming up for you? So later on this month, actually, and I appreciate you asking, I'm, I'm actually launching an online program. It's called Secrets of the Emotional Ninja. Um, I had one of my clients, I had this wonderful conversation with a client um, where I basically said to her, look, what would astonishing, extraordinary, outstanding service look like to you? And she went away and thought about it for a couple of days and we, we met up and had a meeting in the city. This was months, months ago. And she said, okay, I've thought about it. This is what I want. <laughs> she said, I want the best of everything you've come to know over the last six years. I want it delivered to me in really easy to consume, super quick because I don't have any time. Um, super quick format and I want everything you say and teach me to be transformational and, and change my life. This is a small like, order. No, I, no big like, deal. I, I, I laughed initially and said thank you for the feedback and I went away and thought about it and that's what I've created. So wow. I've, basi- I've basically crystallized into an audio program so you can take it on the go with you and it's super easy to consume really bite-sized pieces an audio program which is literally the best of everything I've come to know over the last six years. Um, so that's coming out later this month. Um, and then I'm, I'm writing book number two. Um, this is book number one. How do I nice. escape from prison? Um, writing book number two. And then I have my first residential live event. I do corporate workshops and stuff, but I'm doing a residential live event in, in September with your dear friend, Shawna. And nice. it's, called, it's called Powerful by Design. Beautiful. Amazing. You got lots on the go. Well, I appreciate everything. Uh, about this last hour and a half. It was incredible having this conversation with you. Thank you very, very much for for coming on. Um, It was amazing. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I honor you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I will, we'll keep in touch and um, have an amazing weekend. It's Friday. So hopefully you've got some plans and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll do. Wonderful. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. See you soon. Bye.